psychotic geeks obsessed with every little detail. It'll never get on the air. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive. I've just been informed that we are going off the air. Off air with Emily and Catherine. Take a bite. Don't not do one it. nibble. Um, I learned the other day that if you spray lemon juice on your hair consistently, it lightens your hair. Lemon juice? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know why I didn't know that, but I didn't know that. Oh, I know why you didn't know. Because you weren't born in the 80s. You weren't alive mm-hmm. then. So That's true. Yeah. So I would lay out with my sisters who were not Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And try to lighten my hair with lemon juice with them. Uh, and they are, like, kind of blondish. Like, yeah. Dark, blonde, light brown. Mm-hmm. And they would get the blondish hair, and I would be like, oh, me too. No. I also didn't intend on wearing my hat all day long, but. Now you're stuck with here it. Here we are. Now, I, yeah, that's okay. I put extra grease in mine today. There you go. Yesterday, it made it nice and curly when I had extra grease in it, but today it just feels a little... Greasy. 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 Oh. I had a Speedy Gonzalez at lunch, though. Yeah. So that taco, enchilada, rice. <sighs> Sounds good. Yeah, doesn't it? Sounds real good. Sounds like you gotta poop. I had leftover spaghetti. That sounds good. That sounds equally as good. Mm-hmm. Why do I... Oh, it's, is it PMS week? Probably. Yeah, I was on my period. Uh, oh. Mm, it's kind of early. Yeah, it's kind of early. Yeah. Maybe you're just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just grumpy and hungry. <gasps> Jose sent me the nicest text. Aw. <clears throat> you have to read it to me. It's kind of long, but okay. Okay. So, usually he sends me, I'm having a salad for lunch, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, oh my God, I just realized there's chocolate-covered potato chips here. <laughs> oh my he, gosh. Yeah. Um. And then uh, someone friend requested him on Facebook, and then he said, just a little fact, like trying to, and then, so anyway, I usually just, I don't ignore. Right. But you know how I read and don't respond all the time? Yeah. Because I'm the worst. Well, that, and that, that's one of those things that it's like, if I just responded, it'd be like, okay. It'd be like, like it's LOL. Not, yeah. Ha-ha. Yeah. So it's just worth it just not to respond. Yeah. I get it. Okay. So it's kind of long, see? Hey, Patra, I know you have had a rough week, but I would like to say thank you for being a strong person. And you know how I don't cry, and I immediately was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) This week has been tough with your co-worker being out. Um, And then he said, mentioned, you know, the other situation, Mm -hmm. Um, et cetera. You have managed to hold on a strong attitude, which shows how strong you are. He said strong a lot, but I still Mm -hmm. love him. Uh, you are experiencing difficult moments in your life, and you always manage to make people happy. Thank you for being strong, courageous, happy, and it is okay to cry. Heart. Oh, I know. And- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. Such a dork. If I had tear ducts that worked, I would cry. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like Jerry Seinfeld. What is the salty discharge? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what you've been been like, because that would have been your first cry, and you'd have been like, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. That's so sweet, though. <sighs> it was really sweet. I agree. I loved it. There's something else I was going to tell you. Oh, so I went to eat my leftover spaghetti yesterday. Mm-hmm. And since I was in Franklin, we ended up going to get pizza. <laughs> and so we're sitting at Chicago's eating pizza. Mm-hmm. And we got the pizza buffet. So we're like, 
going hard on some pizza. Yeah, getting some pizza. And Brandon's sitting there eating, and he goes, mm. like, making these, like, sexual <laughs> noises every time he takes a bite of pizza. And he's like, mm. oh. oh, my word. <laughs> You and okay? it's Chicago's. <laughs> I understand that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about there's something about a buffet pizza. Yeah, it just hits home when you like order a pizza and you eat it. You're like, I had three pieces of pizza. That's like yeah. half a pizza, ate, and you feel like you <laughs> ate a lot. You go to a buffet. I had total. I grabbed uh-huh. six pieces of pizza. I didn't eat all of the last two, but they're smaller. Don't aren't they smaller on a buffet? Yes, yeah. and thinner. Stinger. I also had two pieces of their cheese, like the cheese bread, yeah. cheese pizza mm-hmm. stuff, and two breadsticks. Their and breadsticks are so good. A slice of dessert pizza, <laughs> but you didn't eat all six of those pieces of no, pizza. No, I didn't. So that's what matters. Exactly. And I forced myself to finish that cheese bread pizza thing because I was like, this is too good. I'm not going to get this for who knows how long. Was it one of those things where you have to, like, take a deep sigh and then shove the last bite in? (sighs) I'm just going to end up throwing this one up, but it's fine. And I felt miserable the entire drive home. And I was like, like you wanted to sleep. Do you Mm -hmm. ever, like, I had lunch with Amelia, and we got in the car, and it's sunny, and it's kind of warmer today than it has Mm -hmm. been. And we were going to the doctor, and I really just wanted to be like, Amelia, do you want to go home and take a nap instead? (laughs) Let's just skip the doctor. You'll be fine. Your milk allergy is nothing to worry about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was was a great time. Okay. I ate way too much. But yeah, exactly. Like, normally I can eat, like, three pieces of pizza. Three. And And you're like, oh, I've eaten half a pizza. That's okay. But I hate but buffet pizza, it's All like... All the pizza yesterday. I need, like, four in each hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one time. Mm-hmm. Brandon came over with two plates, and I just had one. Like, just, But we kind of stacked ours a little bit, and Brandon put spread his out on two plates. And he's like, what the hell? And I was like, hey, I'm going to get back to get more. Right. A. And B, we stacked. We didn't spread. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> we stacked. I can just see Brandon like waddling over to the table with his two plates. (laughs) Also, he asked me this yesterday, and Uh I don't know if you've been asked this yet or not. And Uh if you haven't been, you'll probably be asked it on Monday. Mm. But does a straw have one hole or two holes? One. Okay, that's what I say. I don't remember what Brandon's. I think Brandon was like two. One at each end? Yeah. Because he's an idiot. But, But they went and got... A pizza buffet the day before on Monday. Uh huh. And everybody there that they asked said two. And he asked a couple people at Chicago's yesterday, and then they all said one. Because there's only one. It is a hole. It's a long hole. A long hole. Yeah. One long hole. I can see it. Like initially, I was like, oh, there's two. But then I like, then I actually like thought about it for a second. I was like, no. But then there's you, one. Like you look down, you can. Yeah, see. it's one continuous thing. Mm hmm. Crazy. All right. Starting to message us. Let us know what you think. Blue and black dress debate. Black and gold, white and gold, blue, black dress debate again. I'm sorry. Did you say blue or black or white and gold? White and gold. Blue and black. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That face. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think I'm so nice sometimes and I'm so not. You are nice. (laughs) You too. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Hey. Hey, guys. Uh, It's Emily. It's Patra. And this is Off Air with Emily and Patra. 
and it's Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm singing and it's Christmas. <laughs> I need to shave my legs. Do you? I, I can feel my through your nasty hair growing on my legs through my leggings. Okay, can I tell you something? Yeah. I only have like 14 leg hairs. That's nice. And they're all like on the front on my shin. Nice. I have not shaved like like every now and then I'll just randomly like shave yeah. my entire leg for I'll no reason. Yeah, like I'll go over like the upper back thigh area. For no reason, because there's definitely no hair that grows there. Like, Why? I don't know. And my, like, <sighs> I kind of didn't realize that that was unusual until, like, my daughter, like, if she doesn't shave her legs, it's like a dude's legs. Yeah. And I was like, man, look how hairy your legs are. And she's like, yeah, I haven't shaved them. And, like, you know, whatever. She's, yeah, yeah, whatever. For me, it's like three days. But I didn't realize that we all had that much leg hair. And that mine was unusual. But I also don't have a lot of arm hair either. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've got a lot of arm hair. Let me see. Oh, yeah, you do. Wow. Yeah. Oh, are you warm? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically. Can I get over there and, like, cuddle up? Yeah, you want to <laughs> like, snuggle? Oh, I like it. Yeah. My, see? I, we all in my family have. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have any. But you see the peach fuzz, though, so it's there. Like, I don't shave yeah, it. it's there, but it's not I constantly dark. have goosebumps. You know, that's kind of funny that you don't have dark arm hair. I know. Because you have real dark hair. Real dark like, hair. Like, natural dark hair. Yeah. Hmm. I know. My armpits, though, forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Mine, but, yeah, my hair grows back real fast, and it's stupid. But it's, anyway. kinda, it's to that point where it's like, mm. What got us on that top? Oh, you're going to need to shave I your felt, legs. I felt, I was feeling my legs. <laughs> I felt it. Like I could, ne- I, mm, I wouldn't, it's real smooth, like soft and fine too when it grows yeah. in. So. I mean, that's nice. Mine's not. Mine's like real thick and prickly. I kind of like that. You remember how I said I got that DNA thing? Yeah. So I got an email the other day that they're sequencing it. So oh. it shouldn't be too much longer until I figure out what's happening. I can't, I can't wait to find out we're related. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like some some sub group in Transylvania or something. Yeah. It was it Brandon that told us that they can use it for um like if you killed someone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's probably him. Probably. Or somebody. Mm-hmm. I didn't kill anybody. But if somebody in my family did. That we know of. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're so cute. There's no way. <laughs> Even I'm like <laughs> I don't know of You're it, like, so if I did, I obviously blocked it out. Um, so it's Christmas today. It is Christmas, and it's a it's a surprise Merry Christmas episode. It is. If you listen to yesterday's episode, I cut off in the halfway through my story of Jean Bonnet. I Ramsey. It's so funny because I was like, okay, mate, did we do the same ones? Did we do the same one? And she was just like, we didn't. I was like, no, trust me, because if you listen to the episode before yesterday's. No, I didn't put it in that episode. We talked about it outside, we have but it just got it. edited out Yeah, that Patra was, would never do Jean Bidet. Because I'm like, too well, intimidated. Yeah. yeah. I, this, was a, this was a big... I was like... You were focused this morning. I was going to do it anyway, like regardless of whether or not we had the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to do a, like a big one for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And... I knew it was big, and I knew it was a lot, but it was a lot, a lot. Like, my initial notes were 50 pages, 
And I was like, (laughs) but that was just like all pretty much copy and paste and right from multiple sources and then like combining them. It was a thing. It's 13. My notes, my notes today are 13 pages. Normally they're like three. I was going to say normally mine are like three to five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw your stack and I was like, oh, sheesh. Yeah. My first half stack was a little smaller than my second half stack. But I figured that was a good place to like cut it. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's keep going. All right. All right. So we're going back to Jean Bonnet. I love how you say it. Jean Bonnet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, um, just a quick recap here. Okay. Shortly after 5 a.m. on December 26, 1996, Patsy Ramsey woke up in her Boulder, Colorado home to find a ransom note. The note, addressed to her husband John, stated that their six-year-old daughter, Jean Bonnet, had been kidnapped. In order for her safe return, the kidnapper, the kidnappers, <laughs> the kidnappers demanded a ransom of one hundred eighteen thousand dollars, almost the, exactly the same amount as the bonus that John had recently received. I want a, a bonus, bonus of a hundred thousand. I'd like just a bonus of like eight thousand dollars, let mean, alone one hundred eighteen. A bonus that ends with the word thousand sounds great. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh. When Patsy went into Jean Benet's room and discovered she wasn't there, the police were called by 5.25 a.m., despite the ransom note's threat that Jean Benet would be killed if the police were notified. According to the note, I wrote down a sticky note outside, and I'm trying to remember what it says. Do you want me to go see? Because I need water. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's on your desk. It's a pink, a hot pink sticky note on hot my pink. desk. Not the spelling thing. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Not the spelling thing. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. It's okay. It will in a minute. You're like, what the uh, fuck It's like, not that? this note, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I scribbled it down. It okay. just looked like it was about... Spelling? Something possibly work-related that I wasn't involved in, and I was like, not this. And also, my handwriting shit on it. It's not like, it's not like done I like I was worried it wasn't your, your note. <laughs> I <laughs> thought, like, about, thought about rewriting it, but I was like, no, it's literally just going to get thrown in the trash. Maybe I'll rewrite it and stick it on here. Probably (laughs) is what's going to happen. Anyway, according to the ransom note, the kidnappers would call John Ramsey to give him instructions to deliver the money, which he and Patsy were already working on. What was that face? I was yawning. I just see you out of the corner of my eye. It looks like I'm silently, like, growling at you. I don't know. Um, John and Patsy were already working on gathering the money when the police arrived to their home, but... The call that the kidnappers said that they would give never came. I couldn't remember if I actually said that in that first sentence. Quick thing. Last episode, we talked about there was a draft letter, a mm-hmm. practice letter written, um, and I didn't have any information whatsoever on it. Are we recording? Okay, good. You don't have any information on I that? didn't. Oh, okay. When we did yesterday's episode. Okay. But I looked today mm-hmm. for this part because I wanted to clarify. There was a practice letter and it was drafted, and there were words that were, like, easy, mm-hmm. spelled wrong. But the word at- attaché, which I still don't know if attaché. it's... Attaché. Um, included the accent. So it was, like, a, another one of those things where it was, like, mm, they're real nervous to spell these, but this, right. this fancy word with a little accent on it, they spelled no problem. What words were misspelled? Um, the one word I remember was, let me look at that. Man, I'm so thirsty. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I feel it. Like drink. Um, possession was spelled wrong. Is the one S's. of, the, mm-hmm, is one of the words that they highlighted. It was. Wait, 
How do you spell possession? P-O-S-E. Two S's. P-O-S-S-E-S-S-I-O-N. See, I would have spelled it wrong. Yeah. There was... Uh, attache is easy, though, right? I mean... A-T-T-A-C-H-E with a thing over it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe my... That note is just proven wrong. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. that was... I When I was... Because I was kind of watching a little bit, a few more videos and mm-hmm. stuff on it. Um, and that was one of the things that was mentioned was the spelling thing. And I knew we had talked about it. And you were like, there was a draft written. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what this says. <laughs> like, did they find, where'd they find the draft? Was it in you the trash? You could see it embedded oh, on the... Oh, but it wasn't found in the house. Right. Not that I know of. The one video that I watched, it didn't say. Hmm. I'm sure somebody knows out there. Hmm. Okay. Police quickly began to suspect that John and Patsy may somehow be involved in their daughter's disappearance. However, from this point on, police made a number of critical errors that seriously corrupted the crime scene, which contributed to the case going cold. First, they didn't do a full search of the property. Second, the investigators did not seal off the area, which allowed friends and family to come and go, which jeopardized evidence. Third, one of the detectives assigned to the case asked John and a family friend, Fleet White, to search the house on their own that afternoon. (sighs) Um, John and Fleet began their search in the basement and it ended there approximately at 1 p.m. when they found John Bidet's body eight hours after she was reported missing. Oh my gosh. So people like police and stuff were all over the house mm-hmm. earlier. Since at least 5.50 that morning. <clears throat> okay. Since like 5.50 because that was when the phone call was made. Hmm. So they were there all, the, all all over the place until 1 when they when John found John Bidet's body. Wow. Okay. Lying on the cement floor was the lifeless John Bonet, dressed in a white knit shirt and long underwear. There was duct tape over her mouth, a garrot made of white cord, and a broken artist paintbrush handle was around her throat. There was a cord around her right wrist as well. Her body was covered with a bl- with a white blanket from her bed, and nearby was her red pageant nightga- nightgown described <coughs> as a relative. Excuse me. You're fine. Described by a relative as her favorite possession. Oh. Ramsey yanked, John yanked the tape from her mouth, and according to the investigator, holding her with both hands around her at the waist, the way you would hold a doll, carried her upstairs and laid her on a hardwood floor in the living room. Which, that seems really (sighs) weird to me. What do you mean, the way, like, from what I'm getting, what I got from that sentence is that he's, like, holding her like this. Yeah, I don't. Like, wouldn't you, like, scoop her? I mean, she's six, seven years old, right? Six? Yeah. So six. she's tiny. Yeah. I would hold her like. Or over I, your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, I would clutch her to me, to be yeah. honest. Like, I'm not I, like. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's it. Like, <clears throat> holding her like a doll, like, around mm-hmm. her waist like that. I would describe that like holding her like a, a baby. Yeah, not a doll. A doll. Seems... To me, holding her with both hands around her at the waist. It does the way you like hold a doll is like. You'd her. hold her away from you yeah. or something. Yeah. Huh. Um, carried her upstairs and laid her on the hardwood floor in the living room. What was interesting was when John brought the body upstairs, he never cried, related, or said a source present at the time. But when he laid her down, he started to moan while peering around to see who was looking at him. Uh. Linda Arndt lifted, uh, she's the detective. She oh, lifted, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> she lifted the child from the floor and placed her alongside the Christmas tree. Um. Which is also weird that she moved her. The detective moved her. Why? I don't know. Um, Patsy <clears throat> collapsed right on top of Jean Bonnet, said the source, and then she got on her knees and screamed, Jesus, you raised Lazarus from the dead. Please raise my baby. 
Arndt asked uh, Father Roll to gather everyone in a circle around the child and lead them in a prayer. Numb with grief and horror, they bowed their heads and said the Lord's Prayer. Uh, okay. Um, which the entire... I'm not a religious person, so that whole thing seems so... Yeah. I don't know. I, I was raised a religious person. I'm not, like, so religious now. We've had this conversation. Right. But to me, like, that's just such a... And, that's just such a wild thing to say. It is a wild thing to say, and it's weird to, like, you just discovered the body. You're going to have a prayer? Yeah. Like. Yeah, like. I mean, I know she's been dead for hours, and you could probably obviously see that she's dead and has been for hours. But wouldn't you want some sort of medical professional there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be your first? Yeah. Like, hey, detective, what's your name? Um, Don't touch her. And gets like a get coroner help. or something. Somebody, yeah. Do your job. Oh my gosh. Not just pray. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. That <sighs> that whole situation right there, like him carrying her up the stairs and then from then to where they pray is just kind of like. It's weird. What? It's very Hot. BC Andrews. Yeah. Uh, I have to reintroduce this guy's name because mm-hmm. I don't remember who it is from earlier. Oh, uh, Officer French. He was the first one on the scene. That's right. Okay. Uh, Patrol officer Richard French. He told fellow officers that he felt awful that he had not discovered her for himself in his search of the house. For months, he berated himself as he relived every moment of his hours there. And while Patsy wept unconsolably, uh, John Ramsey was dry-eyed and was pacing incessantly. Later, French recalled that the couple had barely spoken to or looked at each other, Mm. which is also another wild thing. Like, if I found out my child... A, was kidnapped, I'd be right next to my husband. Right. And then to find out that she was dead and my husband had just had to carry her up the stairs, I'd be, like, attached at the hip. Yeah. Um, but they didn't speak, speak or look at each other. Though they were faced with the most calamitous tragedy of their lives, he, they didn't seem to console each other. But it was the image of Patsy weeping and watching him that haunted French, especially after he learned that she had been sitting directly over the spotless, over the spot less than 15 feet below where her child's body lay. Mm. Um, John Bonet had entered advanced rigor mortis, leading investigators to conclude the time of death was between 10 p.m. on the 25th and 6 a.m. on the 26th. Because of her remains had already begun to show signs of decomposition by the time she was found, investigators believe she died closer to 10 p.m. on Christmas Day. The autopsy determined she had died of strangulation in a fractured skull and found that while there was no evidence of rape, there was a possibility of sexual assault. What wasn't discussed was the fact that Jean Benet was a chronic bedwetter. Um, the old or their housekeeper told police that the only housework Patsy Ramsey ever did was to change and wash Jean Benet's sheets every day before um, the housekeeper arrived for work. She said that there was a plastic sheet covering the mattress. A former nanny also adds that Jean Benet wore pull-ups during the day, and in the three years before the child's death, Patsy took her to a pediatrician over 30 times. Wow. So she had a real pee-in problem. Yeah, which um, I've heard that bedwetting is an indication of sexual assault. So it all lines up. Um, Fair warning, I wet the bed until I was, like, old. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that if you no, wet the I bed, had you, nothing weird. No. Yeah. But, but like, not, that's not saying that if you wet the bed that you or your child wets the bed that they're being sexually right. assaulted. But but it was not that. 
yeah. that big of an issue. I remember. Yeah. 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 That's kind of. Like I was like 10 maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you if your child has been sexually assaulted, urinating in the bed is a sign. Yeah. Yeah. I just am a peer. I'll pee right now. I, yeah, I could just. <laughs> I, 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 think kind of, I bet it, I'd enjoy it. Get all warm. It's cold in here. I think I've <clears> had this discussion with you. I've not. I've had it. I've had it with this discussion, which is kind of disturbing with too many people because I don't remember who I've told and who I haven't. Oh, my God. Tell me. But when I'm pregnant, I'm going to be screwed because. You'll need a catheter. I'm going to have to pee all the time. I'm going to have Ooh. to carry a change of clothes around with me every day. We'll get you one of those little potties. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Thanks. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, investigators found several other key pieces of evidence at the surrounding crime scene. First, the initial report stated that there were several open windows and at least one open door in the house that night, making it easier for a potential intruder to gain entry. There's also a broken window in the ba- in the basement that couldn't be properly closed. This is considered one of the most likely entry points to what would become the crime scene. Mm. Uh. Ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. However, knowledge of this broken window was not made available until after a year until a year after the murder, possibly due to the public consensus consensus the, consensus that the Ramseys were the perpetrators and didn't need to gain entry into their own home. A suitcase with a footprint on it was also found, and the Ramseys claimed that it wasn't theirs and they don't know how it got into the basement. The suitcase was examined by police, and it was found to contain a semen-encrusted blanket and a Dr. Dr. Seuss book. The semen belonged to another family, family member, John's oldest son, but police were able to prove that he wasn't in Boulder at the time of the murder. Okay, so, like, my but whole why? thing was, like... Well, maybe it was like an old blanket from when he was a teenager and couldn't get his rocks off enough and use the blanket and then just didn't wash it properly and stored it in a suitcase and was like, hey, we're moving. Can I drop this off at your house and leave it here? And then just didn't pick it up, maybe? I don't know. That's That's a stretch, but (laughs) I don't know. Huh. Um, In addition, much of the Ramsey house was covered in thick carpeting, which could have allowed the intruder to quietly enter the home and leave without waking up the rest of the household, which Mm. uh, that makes sense. Because our carpet in in the two spare bedrooms at our house is thicker, and you can't hear, like, if you're walking on it Mm -hmm. in the room, you can't hear it. But thank goodness we got hardwood floors throughout the rest of the house, (laughs) but you can hear every little thing. Um, Police also found a bowl of cut-up pineapple on the kitchen table with the with. Uh, Burke's fingerprints on it, who's their son. Mm-hmm. Um, the autopsy re- results revealed that Jean Benet did have pineapple in her digestive system at the time of her death, but the Ramseys claim that they never put pineapple on the table and that Burke was sleeping during the events of the crime. Um, this means, Weird. Yeah. Yeah. This means that there's a significant break between the story that the Ramseys provided and the physical evidence and cast doubts on their innocence. It gave... Um, it caused the theory that the Ramseys had killed Jean Benet themselves or that the kidnapping was a cover-up staged by the parents after discovering their daughter had been killed by Burke. Um, police also found a broken paintbrush in the basement boiler room, the other piece of the paintbrush that was used to create the garrote. Um, so that garrote. is where, like, you you use it to twist and tighten it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. They, like, you twist it to tighten the... Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wasn't sure. Yeah. Whose paintbrush was it? Who painted? Did uh, they say? Patsy did. Patsy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <Patsy>. <laughs> there were pieces of broken glass and scuff marks around the broken window in the basement, though there were no signs of disturbance on the windowsill. 
there are fingerprints, handprints, and a boot print that has still not been identified as a match to the Ramseys or any of the over 400 people that have been investigated. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of people. Okay. Dang mama. So the following evening at the Fernie's house, which is one of their friends, in South Boulder, Detective Linda Arndt approached John, but his lawyer friend, Mike Bynum, cut off the conversation, telling Arndt that legal advisors had been retained to speak for the Ramseys. The next day, the police were informed that the Ramseys had nothing more to say and would answer no further questions. No further questions, Your Honor. Mm, I don't like these Ramseys. No. On December 28th, with their lawyers present, the Ramseys gave hair and blood samples and were fingerprinted. As Patsy was being fingerprinted, she became hysterical, asking, why are you doing this? Do you think I killed my baby? Yeah, Patsy, we do. <laughs> yeah, we sure do, ho. <laughs> Golly. Um, although John was, this is kind of just like here and there, but mm -hmm. although John was, John was a lifelong conservative Republican, he turned to Haddon, Morgan, and Foreman, a law firm almost synonymous with Colorado's Democratic political machine. Well, that's interesting. Huh. Um, Ramsey decided that his wife should also have her own lawyers, so he retained Patrick Burke and Patrick Furman. With a, within a week of the murder, a media consultant named Pat Corton was also brought aboard, later was replaced by Rochelle Zimmer and Lori Wagner. There's a lot of names flying, especially in these next couple Okay. Um, in July, Denver's premier publicist, Charles Russell, was added to the payroll. In addition to his lawyer's team of private investigators, uh, John retained the Denver firm of H. Ellis Armistead, as well as a former FBI criminal profiler and two handwriting analysts. Okay, were there any lawyers that they did not hire from the state of Colorado? No. Good night. <laughs> every single lawyer. They're like, we're going to get all the lawyers, so there's nobody to charge us with anything. Exactly. <laughs> Golly. After the police tried to question John's first wife in Atlanta, he also hired a lawyer there named James Jenkins. So he's hiring lawyers Fun all fact, over. that is the name of my brother-in-law. James, James Jenkins? J James Jenkins. <laughs> Not a lawyer. Is he a lawyer in Atlanta? Mm, no. Um, what's Murder. happening? Are you okay? <laughs> um, comparisons are inevitably, inevitably made to O.J. Simpson, but John is far wealthier, which I didn't know that. Mm. Like, I read that and I was like, whoa. Far wealthier. Far wealthier. And unlike the Simpson Yoinks. dream team... John, I like how I like that sentence. And unlike the Simpsons dream team, John's lawyers have sought invisibility. Uh, the one press conference Haddon's team has permitted the Ramses in the Boulder Marriott on May 1st was so elaborately orchestrated that it was called the Ramsey infomercial, infomercial by Denver talk radio host Peter Boyles. The Ramsey team of lawyers and publicists stood back against stood against a back wall, but the selected reporters had agreed not to question them. Um, it was not the first time that a carefully packaged appearance had backfired. On Sunday, January 5th, that was, what is that? A couple days, 15 days after? Yeah, yeah. A media consultant, <clears throat> Pat Corton, had arranged to have television crews outside St. John's Episcopal Church in Boulder, which is where they attended. Uh, during the service, there was a special handout personalized for the Ramsey family offering prayers for them, says a churchgoer who was present. We were appalled because, oh, this is the church goer, mm -hmm. continue. We were appalled because a lot of people had qualms about believing them by then. Outside the church was a throng of photographers waiting to capture a sobbing patsy exiting on the arm of Barbara Fernie, her friend. Mm -hmm. They told, they totally used the church as a photo opportunity, says that church goer. Mm. On January 4th, one of the Ramsey's private investigators left a message on, who is that? 
on somebody's answering machine. Oh, the profiler's machine. Mm. Okay. It's just the, just the last name. I don't remember saying this guy's name ever. <laughs> um, his last name is McCrary. Okay. Um, so one of the Ramsey's private investigators left a message on McCrary's answering machine asking him to join their team as a profiler. McCrary had a secretary call to decline, he says, because on a ratio of 12 to 1, child murders are committed by parents or a family member. In this case, you also you also have an elaborate staging, the ransom note, the placement of the child's body, and I have never in my career seen or heard about a staging where it was not a family murder or someone very close to the family. Just the note alone told me the killer was in the family or close to it. Wow, That's I love insane. this guy. Yeah. Okay. The ra- the, I mean, he should have joined the case. Like, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Um, the Ramsey's lawyers had initially demanded that Patsy and John be interviewed at the same time and that the interview not exceed 90 minutes. That all previous police statements made by the Ramsey's and others be provided to them and that Pete Hofstrom, which was the, one of the lawyers, be present throughout. The FBI came in and looked at the demand list given to the DA from the Ramsey's and said, no way, you are not doing this interview. Um which I feel like that's so much. That's just. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't interview them together. Ever. Right. Um, early on, the police had invited the FBI to assist. But according to a source, the DA's team disregarded everything the FBI expert suggested. The DA blew up with the police, but they canceled and endured the wrath of the media, the Ramseys, and the DA's office. Um, the FBI stood up for them. That makes that make sense. Makes no sense. Take that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> According to McCrary, if there's a tutorial on how not to conduct an interview, this would be it. <laughs> the interview finally took place on April 30th, 1997, four months after the murder. After being pounded for refusing to cooperate with the police, the Ramseys gave in to separate interviews, but they held fast to their demand for a copy of the entire police file and the presence of, Ho- of Hofstrom. Patrick Burke and one of his private investigators sat next to Patsy, who answered questions for six and a half hours. John Ramsey was accompanied by Brian Morgan and another private investigator for his 90-minute session. But it's been four months, mm-hmm. so that's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, for the people asking the questions. And then if you were innocent, it'd be frustrating answering the questions, I mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. <clears throat> um, prior to the Ramsey interviews, a show-and-tell presentation had been arranged by the Ramsey lawyers to convince Hunter, um, which is the DA, mm-hmm. that their clients had not written the ransom note. According to police reports, Patsy had given two accounts of the morning's events. Officer French wrote, Mrs. Ramsey told me that she had gone into Jean Benet's room about 5, 5.45 to wake her up. Finding the room empty, she went back down. She went down the spiral stairs where she discovered the note. Later, she said she found the note on the spiral stairs when she went down to make coffee and then ran to Jean Benet's room. Mm. Um, the note was written in upper and lowercase printed letters on paper torn from a legal pad found in the house. Also discovered on the pad was the practice note beginning Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey. Kidnappers, says McCrary, do not spend hours at a time. No, do not spend hours at a crime scene after murdering their victims composing letters. Yeah. Which we discussed. Agreed. Yesterday. At one point, the Whites, which um, were their friends, mm-hmm. um, the Whites wanted to come back by, wanted to come by and speak to John as they were beginning to get nagging questions from the media. The when, <laughs> when they arrived at the Ramsey home, they were led into the sunroom where John, his brother, and Patsy's father, Don, were waiting. John sat next to Priscilla and began to pat her arm as if to calm her down while her husband asked questions like, why do you need all these attorneys? Why aren't you cooperating with the police? I don't understand what you're doing. Um, Apparently, John told his lawyers that he regarded Fleet White 
whom he had often called his best friend as the prime suspect in JonBenet's murder. Mm. These Ramses. Just to get him off his back, really. Yeah. Um, John began panicking and throwing all of his friends under the bus. His oh friends, including Jim Marino, who we discussed yesterday, learned that John had placed them all on the suspect list. All of them were questioned and asked to give blood and or hair samples. Um, in June, Patsy, who was heavily medicated after her daughter's death, told friends she couldn't remember anything. Golly. Anything. Heavily um, medicated. Yeah. I mean, I, Self-medicated. I probably would be too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Investigators worried about an amnesia defense. Others remembered her emotionally charged remark during their press conference on May 1st that it, that quote, it won't be long, end quote, before she sees Jean Benet again. Hmm. Which is kind of, uh. It is kind of, um, Mid-July 1997, <laughs> while John and John Fernie, John Ramsey and John Fernie went to church, Patsy moved to Atlanta into a $700,000 home across the road from a prestigious school where Burke was now enrolled. Okay, well, as long as everything's going all right <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Goodness. On July 15th, John announced his company's new international headquarters would be in Atlanta beginning August 1st. So they're moving back to Atlanta. Um, on July 23rd, the Ramsey teams of lawyers went on the went on the offense, blasting investigators for wasting their time on the Ramseys instead of focusing on the real killer. They released their profile of the suspected killer and asked the public's co- uh, cooperation in turning up someone who, for example, may have started drinking more recently or someone who had been going to church more since the murder. Or, uh, like, was medicated more. Or, like, Patsy. heavily medicated. Golly. So she couldn't remember that she murdered her daughter. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Most law enforcement experts dismissed the profile, which, I mean, since when do lawyers come out with a profile? Right. <laughs> Thanks. Is that, is that, like, a thing or <laughs> no? They're like, you know what? I think it was somebody who's the exact opposite of my client. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. Exactly. Um, on July 28th, Ramsey's profiler, John Douglas, who is a former FBI agent, went on NBC's Today... Oh, today. That's the name of the show. Today show. (laughs) And announced his belief that the case, quote, may be one of the 35% that will remain unsolved. Dun, dun, dun. So, like, you hire this guy as part of your team. And his official statement is, I think it's going to go unsolved. Yeah. (laughs) To solve your daughter's murder. And that's his his official statement, that he believes it's going to be unsolved. (sighs) Thank you. Here's the money. (laughs) Yeah. The Ramsey uh, team stepped up its campaign in late July and August, taking out full-page ads on its intruder's profile in a local paper, which, remember, came up with with by lawyers, (laughs) circulating flyers, releasing sample letters from the ransom notes, and setting up its own tip line phone number. On August 3rd, the Ramseys ran another full-page intruder profile ad in Boulder's Daily Camera, but in the same edition was a full-page open letter to the Ramseys from Peter Boyles, the popular talk radio host I mentioned. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. Um, he listed all the reasons Americans found the Ramsey's behavior suspicious, mocked their profile as laughable, condemned them for not cooperating with the police, and accused them of taking Colorado and the nation on a seven-month low-speed white Bronco chase. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> she literally almost just, like, clapped her hands and cheered. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. The lack of an indictment after after eight months, has fueled an incendiary rumor mill which attributes the stalemate... This is a war- I don't want to read that sentence. I mean, you much. said so many things just then. Those are way too many big words. In big old sentence. words. But, and it doesn't even make sense. Um, basically, they didn't indict anybody 
even after eight months. Okay. Um, in 1999, a jury voted to charge John and Patsy with child abuse resulting in the death of their daughter, but charges were never pursued, and DNA evidence taken from John Bonet's clothes later cleared them both. Mm. The DNA came from an unknown male. I put make. <laughs> <laughs> the DNA came from an unknown male and could not be matched to anyone who had been near the scene or handled John Bonet's body. Did they take, um, like, samples from, how old was Burke, the son? <clears throat> The one that lived there. He, he was, was nine at the time she died. Nine, and she was six, so he's just a few years older than her. Mm-hmm. Did they take samples from him? Because he's so young, they may not have, know. right? I don't it know. might not have been allowed. I didn't see anything that they did, mm. um, but I don't know. Mm. Um, In 2003, uh, they they took it. They had to have because they matched it to the bowl, the fingerprints to the bowl well, and fingerprints. The, on the cup. So they had to have. Oh, okay. They had to have taken something. I don't know if they took DNA or anything, but they had to have taken something because they got, they matched. They matched the fingerprints. They matched so. the fingerprints on the bowl of pineapple. In 2003, investigators extracted, extracted a DNA sample from blood on her underwear. DNA was submitted to the FBI's CODIS system, which contains DNA from convicted felons and sex offenders, and it hadn't been matched. Uh, Henry Lee, DNA specialist, who was also on the O.J. Simpson case, studied the DNA from the scene, and he said that her underwear may have held transfer DNA from the manufacturing process, proved when he tested an unopened bag of underwear that also had DNA on them. Okay. Uh, the DNA was determined fallacious, meaning that the DNA could have come from any of the suspects. I'm Not sorry, it was determined, it was what? Fallacious. Okay. Which is a word that I learned earlier. <laughs> and it sounds like something else. It does. <laughs> That's why I made you repeat it. I'm... 12-year-old boy. Continue. Unladylike behavior. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) On June 24th, 2006, nearly 10 years after Jean Benet's death, Patsy Ramsey died after a long battle with ovarian cancer. She's buried next to Jean Benet in Atlanta. Um, So, suspects. Besides the family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gary Oliva, who was a neighbor, was a suspect. He was arrested in 2000 on drug charges and found with a photo of Jean Benet in his backpack. Whoa! He told the Denver Post in an interview, John Bonet's murder touched me very deeply. I felt she was an exceptional girl whose death was an exceptional loss. I felt the need to build a monument, a shrine, to remember the little girl. Okay, creepy. Okay. <laughs> um, a high school <clears throat> friend named Michael <throat> Michael Vale told In Touch in an interview that Gary called a day later and told him, I heard a little girl, I heard a little girl. He also revealed that it happened in Boulder. He wasn't a match to the DNA, though. Mm. Mm. So obviously, since he wasn't a match, they were like, mm, you're good. Um, in August of 2008, 41-year-old divorced father and elementary school teacher John Mark Carr is arrested in Bangkok, Thailand, with mm-hmm. the help of British intelligence, the Royal Thai authorities, and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. He had traveled to Thailand to escape from the U.S. to avoid child pornography charges. <gasps> oh, He had been emailing a journalism professor named Michael Tracy back and forth for four years and confessed to the murder in an email. In his emails, Carr used similar wording as a ransom note and even mentioned Patsy's mother's nickname in an email, which he shouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. Um, He said he was in love with John Bonet and later confessed to hitting her in the head with a flashlight. Some of that email reads, quote, She, of course, was asleep from the time that she was that I took her from the bed and took her to the basement. Her first reaction was, where am I? And I said, you're in your basement. She wasn't in that little room to be disgraced, and I would never disgrace or dishonor her. She was there temporarily. 
And what really hurts me is that she stayed there. And that's what and that's where her father found her. And it's just a horrible thing. End quote. Prosecutors dropped the case after DNA tests failed to link him to the case. But in an interview that aired in 2016 on, investi- on Investigation Discovery series, Jean Benet, an American murder mystery, Carr stuck to his story and maintained that he did not act alone. He said, nobody wanted that little girl to die that night. Nobody. Her death was an accident. I was with her when she died, but I was not the person who caused it. He said, explaining panic had ensued after her death. How she was found, that's not how she died. Where she was found in the basement is not where she died, he added. John Carr also said Jean Benet's body was tampered with in a bid to cover up who the killer was. Something happened to her, and I had to take care of it, he told the program. I've always been able to fix things. Nobody came in there and did a uh, pedo, pedo-erotic thing, pedo-erotic thing that <laughs> to that little girl, but it was made to look as though it was done that way. There's been evidence that he wasn't even in Colorado at the time. Mm. So even though he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I did it. It's... People uh, people confess to things that they didn't do all the yeah. time. And yeah. it's weird. Yeah. In 2008, the Boulder District Attorney's Office announced that due to recent developments in DNA technology, the Ramsey family is no longer considered to be involved in the murder of Jean Benet Ramsey. The district attorney wrote an open, open letter to John apologizing for the public ordeal that the Ramsey family had undergone in the aftermath of Jean Benet's death. Hmm. Um, in October of 2016, the DNA sample from her underwear was tested again, and this time revealed markers from not one, but two unidentified assailants, complicating the investigation even further. December of that year, CBS aired a docuseries about the case suggesting that Jean Benet's brother, Burke Ramsey, may have been the culprit. The theory is that Burke had killed, sis- killed his sister by accident, perhaps by accidentally hitting her on the head with something heavy or hitting her in anger. And then his parents wrote the note and tied Jean Benet up in the basement to make it look like a kidnapping. But Jean Benet, um, Jean Benet died of both blunt force trauma to her head and strangulation. She was found tied up with a cord around her neck, and it was shown through autopsy that she was still alive when she was strangled, which breaks my heart. Oh, yeah. Um, Burke had displayed disturbing behavior in the past, especially toward his little sister, which I understand. Like, yeah, you're always worried when you have a, a second child or, th- I mean, younger siblings or mm-hmm. whatever, that your older one's not going to react well. And obviously she was getting all the attention. I mean, OK, I'm sorry. I found this picture. I went to look at Patsy's grave because I'm just a freaking weirdo. Oh, yeah. Because you said it, she was buried near Jomini. So I was like, there's going to be pictures of their tombstones. Oh, yeah. This is the kind of mother that is clearly worshiping that child and, like, not paying enough attention to that brother. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. I know. I know. What a freaking weirdo. Anyway. Um. So, yeah, obviously he, she was getting a lot of attention. Right. Because, I mean, earlier you said that, like, she was focusing on JonBenet's career and JonBenet was two. two. Yeah, she's yeah. two. Yeah. So, um, it makes sense that he potentially allegedly could have displayed disturbing behavior in the past towards her. Mm -hmm. There are rumors, which he denies, that he had smeared feces on the walls of his little sister's room and in her bed at one point. Oof. Um, After the docuseries aired, Burke filed a multi-million dollar defamation lawsuit. The figure had jumped from anywhere from 150,000 to 750, no, 150 million to 750 million dollars. Against who? Um, against the network, CBS. Okay. Um, but that figure, I don't know what that right. is. It's a lot of money. Um, he filed a 
defamation lawsuit against the network, the production company that made the documentary, and one of the experts featured in the special, Dr. Werner Spitz. Uh, he was also Burke was also interviewed by Dr. Phil in September of 2016, giving an insight as to what happened the morning she was found dead. He says, the first thing I remember is my mom bursting in my room, really frantic, saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, running around my room. Now I know looking for Jean Bonnet. The next thing I remember is a police officer coming into my room and shining a flashlight. The software engineers, I don't like okay. that. If my younger child, so if Ivan was missing, uh-huh. I, if I, when I went to Amelia's room and was like, holy crap, I'm trying so hard not to cuss because I, that last episode, <laughs> you're goodness. literally fine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I would just be like, have you seen your brother? Yeah. Your brother's missing. Yeah, Come with I me. I would like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then apparently she left because the next thing he remembers is police showing up in his room. N- no, if someone took one of your kids, the first thing you do is run and check on your other kid mm-hmm. and snatch that baby up. Mm-hmm. And it's like stuck to you while you search for your missing one. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not it's your favorite child. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Yeah, even if it was my shitty older kid. (laughs) Love you, Amelia. Love you. She will never listen to this. No, it's okay. It's fine. That's why she's my least favorite. (laughs) Anyway. So, Burke came under fire for appearing to smile as he recollected the events of that fateful morning. Um, Bert also told the show that his unwillingness to be in the public eye came from the chaos in the aftermath of his sister's death. He says, for a long time, the media basically made our lives crazy. It's hard to miss the cameras and news trucks in your front yard. And we'd go to the supermarket sometimes, and there'd be a tabloid newspaper with my picture, Jean Bonnet's picture, plastered on the front. They would follow us around, he said. When asked who he thought committed the crime, he told his own theory. I always kind of thought it was a pedophile who saw her in one of the pageants and snuck into our house. Who knows? Mm. Okay, so if you're an innocent child mm-hmm. and you're just trying to live your life, I can totally see why he would grow up to be kind of odd, right? Mm-hmm. Not not have an appropriate reaction yeah, to things. Yeah, especially, and- I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure you would grow up odd if you had that, not odd, but you'd grow up different mm-hmm. if you had any situation where your sibling was found murdered kidnapped in your home while you slept yeah yeah any situation like that you would you would grow up and have some issues right so imagine if it was i mean but publicized yeah highly publicized and i mean still talked about yeah 22 years later Mm -hmm. i could yeah yeah i I don't know what i would do i don't either um burt claims accusations yeah yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) um burt claims accusations are a fraud and is determined to clear his name Investigators are now being urged, according to the National Enquirer, to release their files. These alleged files allegedly allegedly contain more than... Okay. I copied and pasted this sentence. And allegedly, you did. Allegedly. <laughs> and there is an extra zero in 60,000. So it's like 60, 000, 000, 000, Ooh, of 000. And I'm like... That's a lot of money. That's a lot. <laughs> These alleged files allegedly contain more than 60,000 pages of confidential police and FBI records, handwriting analysis... DNA evidence and medical examinations and could potentially reveal who the authorities believe are responsible for the murder. Boulder Police Department is is fighting to keep the files under wraps, arguing that releasing them to the public will ruin their still active inquiry. Um, One of the most popular theories maintains that an intruder broke into a basement window, slipped into the home and up to JonBenet's bedroom, and then knocked her out before taking her to the basement. Um, One of the theories that I saw was... 
that, you know, how I said earlier in yesterday's episode that they mm-hmm. were on the Boulder Christmas tour mm-hmm. and their home was on just the home tour. Oh. Um, and they had all these visitors coming in, walking through their house, all of this stuff. So Patsy could show it off. Mm-hmm. I could see it, especially when you have this. I mean, she is beautiful. She really John is. Bonet yeah. is absolutely drop dead gorgeous for a six year old girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. And I can. So this is. I can see this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the suitcase that I mentioned earlier had a footprint on it, and investigator Lou Smith proved it was possible for someone to gain access to the basement. He also showed that in order to climb back out, someone only needed something to step on. Um, there was a spider web on the window that was undisturbed, and some people claim it would have been absolutely impossible to climb in and out of the window, leaving it undisturbed. But spiders can spin a web in, in no time. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you can knock one down at night, wake up the next morning, and that spider web's back. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend knocking down spider webs, though. That's rude. Yeah, that's really mean. They don't knock down your house. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Um, other theories have obviously surfaced as well. Santa Claus came under suspicion by some people, specifically a Santa impersonator named Bill McReynolds. Um, he had played the family Santa at multiple Christmas parties for years. Two nights before John Bonet's death, he was at the Ramsey house dressed as Santa. He reportedly gave John Bonet a card that read, quote, you will receive a very special gift after Christmas. And quote, um, he claimed his innocence and died in 2002, which I mean, mm. that card is kind of cur- like looking back on it, obviously, since she's passed away that is kind of a creepy thing but right. also he was playing santa right you'll get a you're gonna get something special on christmas or after christmas yeah maybe her plant parents were planning on giving her a new pageant dress or something mm-hmm. but couldn't do it on christmas day who knows right i don't know another theory is that an animal killed her um animal hairs were found on her body and on the duct tape covering her mouth but that doesn't explain how the homemade garage around doesn't explain that around her neck yeah were they trying to keep the animal from being, I mean. Yeah, mistake their six-year-old daughter for, like, an owl. <laughs> what kind of animal, fi- like, what kind of animal hairs? Um, It said, it didn't say what animal hairs, but it said, like, this, this theory suspects, like, an owl or a beaver. Which are, an like. An owl the, or a which beaver. Which are, like, the two most random, the most, the two most random <clears throat> animals. Probably In the entire world. I'd guess a beaver. <laughs> He's a chipmunk. Beaver. <laughs> Flying squirrel. I have a tiny little beaver um, finger puppet. It's pretty cute. Um, The last theory, which I think is my favorite theory in the world. Okay. um, Came about in a 2014 YouTube video claiming that uh, Jean Benet's murder was staged and she is actually alive and well (gasps) living as Katy Perry. Oh, my gosh. Um, The video. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? (laughs) Drifting through the wind. (laughs) Getting Um, murdered in the basement. The video cited lyrics from her songs and claimed that the two look alike, which mm-hmm. they kind of do, but also not really. And also, uh, what year was Katy Perry born? One of them was born six. I think Jean Benet was born six years before Katy Perry was. I no, Katy Perry. She, Katy Perry's older. I was yeah, say, that's no, right. Katy Perry's an old yeah, ho. That's like, right. Yeah, it was Katy. I Perry. was not Katy going, Perry's older than Jean Benet. I was not going to even fathom that Katy Perry was born in like. Because 1990, that's when JonBenet was born. 90? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. there's no yeah. fucking Katie, way that Katie that... Perry, it was Katy Perry was 10 years older I mean, than JonBenet. Her forehead looks like my forehead. So, no. What year was Katy Perry born? <laughs> 1984. Six years older. Six years older. Okay. So, you okay. were right. I just had it backwards. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Katy Perry is six years older than JonBenet. <clears throat> it's funny because so. the picture I pulled up, she has blonde hair. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Pull up. Pull up a picture. Okay. Because that's a real good picture. It is, right? Like, they do kind of look alike, but also every... Okay. They all look alike. Everybody okay. looks alike. This one? Where's my thing? There? There. Right there. That one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go back. Wait, was it that? Yeah. That. I can... S- Her nose... John Bonet's nose is turned is a up a little one? more. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It is. It is turned up a little bit more. I mean, obviously, she can afford she, to get a or nose she, job, but... Or she could go... I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I bet listening to us click back and forth. They're like super oh entertaining. Um, so it. yes, um, Jean Benet's murder is still an unsolved case. They both have green eyes. They do. Anyway, Patrick and I are going to spend the rest of the <laughs> afternoon determining whether or not Katy Perry is in fact Jean Just Benet. going back and forth. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, her case is still an unsolved <laughs> case. And, I mean, that 2016 thing came out, obviously, mm-hmm. years ago. So, there's still... Dang. What do you think happened? Okay. So, I don't... I feel like weirdo mom is involved. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she... I don't know that she killed her like a mommy dearest situation, but I can totally see her being very controlling and possessive of everything. You know, I mean, she was going to control her career and the chick's not even like a, she's barely toddling around. Yeah. And this was her career that she had built up and she was in the Miss America pageant, but she didn't win. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's like, we're winning this. Yeah. We're winning this. Um, And I mean, the poor chick was named after both parents, mm-hmm. you know, like. It's very um, Andy Bernard, where mm-hmm. Burke just gets a name out of a baby name book, and John Bonet gets named after both parents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, what was that? I like inhaled my coffee, <laughs> but I just—I guess I just hit it at that right spot. It made a little honk <laughs> noise. Oh, that was funny. Um, ooh, uh, look at this picture of the two of them—the brother and sister. Ew, that's just wrong. That that's is wrong. a prom. That's a prom pose. That is a prom pose and not even like ironic and like, let's be funny and do a prom pose. Look at look at their faces. Look at poor JonBenet. You know, they were like instructing her yeah. to make that face. Anyway, oh. my mother, <clears throat> I have discussed this with her in depth and I know we've talked about how obsessed she was with JonBenet. Yeah. She was obsessed with a lot of stuff in the 90s. Uh, Princess Diana's death. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We were tabloid people. Yeah. Like, my mom, she loves celebrities and learning about celebrities. If I was old enough in the 90s to, like, Mm -hmm. the end of this, like, I would have done, I would have been your mother. I would have been the exact same way. Like, reading the tabloids, hoarding them. That's what she's done. Taking notes. Okay, my mom says Burke did it. She's like, no, Burke did it. And um, Patsy had to cover it up. And she's like, basically, it was Patsy's fault um, that she pushed Burke into this, like, role Um, of unfavorite child. Yeah, of the worst child in the family. Um, okay, so, uh, I, I guess, I mean, I believe my mom, I guess. Yeah, I, that's. I think it was a Burke and then Patsy situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think dad really gave a shit. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Like, maybe that's why he picked her up and laid her down the way he did. Because he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Or maybe he knew about it and was like, now we got to pretend to find her. Mm-hmm. Imagine knowing the whole time and having to just pretend. Like like her body wasn't down there. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> I want to know the answers. Though. Me too. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing. That was really good. <laughs> All right. What you got for me on this Christmas day? Okay. Merry Christmas. In 2016, Trisha Lynn McCauley, 46, born in West Suffolk and living in Washington, D.C., was killed on December 27th. She was a popular Washington area actress who taught yoga and herbalism and often fed neighborhood children vegetables from her Bloomingdale garden. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. I want to murder her. (laughs) She wasn't dead. No, that's terrible. That is rude. She's just trying to be a good person. But anyway, Um, a little while later, it tells you that she has a bumper sticker that read, Plant more plants. Oh. Trisha. Okay, get it together. Dwayne Johnson, 30, of Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Garot? The Rock. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson! (laughs) Oh, my God! Oh, my God. I'm glad that I was able to provide that revelation for you. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) You're like, now I can't read the story. I know. He didn't do do it. it. Never mind. Uh... He struggled with mental illness since he was young and had been in and out of local hospitals whenever his insurance coverage lapsed, eventually ending up homeless and abusing illegal drugs and alcohol. Aww. That's what happens when you're mentally ill and you don't have insurance. You, your life mm-hmm. goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, did I not say what brought them together? No, not yet. <laughs> but anyway, the previous Christmas, <laughs> Macaulay and Johnson crossed paths as strangers in an encounter that ended with Johnson climbing into Macaulay's car and brutally beating and raping her before strangling her with her scarf. Damn. Yeah. In D.C. Okay, I don't want to read that. A judge sentenced 30-year-old Johnson to 30 years in prison after he admitted to killing the 46-year-old Macaulay and then driving through the city in her car with her body in the back seat. Okay. I don't like that. I know. Like, the fact that you can kill... Kill somebody and then just, like, interact in their environment. Like yesterday's story that you told me when they went and stayed back at that, what, uh... Wilkerson's house? Wilkerson's house. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't either. Okay, so before leaving for a holiday party, uh, prosecutors said Macaulay packed her suitcase in preparation for a next-day flight to Las Vegas to visit her family. She updated her Facebook page that said she was heading to a friend's get-together, having made a pie and her signature... Brussels sprouts. Do you like Brussels sprouts? I really love them. I do too. Um, but it just makes her seem like such a twat. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god. Feeding vegetables to the neighborhood kids and they have a fresh vegetable from my garden. I'd be like, Amelia, signature Brussels sprouts. Right. I'd be like, hey Amelia, don't go to that bitch's house. Into <laughs> I roll here. She's gonna get you. Um she never arrived. She was reported missing the next day after she missed the flight that would have taken her to visit family. Police, along with Macaulay's friends and family, began a search that ended late Monday night when a resident walking his dog near DuPont Circle spotted her no. car. It's okay. It's all okay. right. <clears throat> There's no dog harmed in this story. It's not, his feelings aren't even hurt. I promise. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be like sad and emotionally distraught for the next two minutes. No, okay, I promise. <laughs> and it, her car, a white two door. Cyan IQ with a bumper sticker that read, plant more plants. I know. I want to kill her. Oh, my God. This lady. <laughs> the witness, Jonathan Paget, reporter, oh, reports a, 
<clears throat> told reporters that a critical missing person alert had just come through on his cell phone as he was walking his dog, and then he had saw the car parked on the street and a man sitting inside smoking and listening to loud music. Uh-uh. He was bouncing around to the music, and he was looking directly at me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Paget, a freelance writer, said he knew Macaulay through his own involvement in D.C.'s theater scene, did not realize at the time that her body was inside the car. Oh, my. And he told police that the man inside the car angrily asked him how he was doing before driving away. How do you ask, how do you angrily ask, how are you doing? I don't know. How are you doing? <laughs> Is that how? I guess. I bet he said, like, I thought What's you were, up? I something. thought you were gonna say he angrily asked, "What am I look? What is look? What am I looking? What are you at? looking at? Yeah. yeah, like, like I could see it being like a what's up? Yeah, like, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Jamming to my. Uh, what do you What do you think What do you think her CDs included? The Lumineers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mumford and Sons. Oh my god, we're terrible people. <clears throat> She's dead. She died. She's a I'm, dead person. I'm very sad that she died. And I hope that she is in heaven planting all the plants, planting the all the children, vegetables, and I hope she is living peacefully. In a pair in of Birkenstocks. In a pair of Birkenstocks. With a toe ring. Yes. Hey. <laughs> I have Birkenstocks. It's okay. I have a toe ring. I would wear a toe <laughs> ring if my big old nasty toes would allow it. That's fair. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Also, my toes are sweaty right now. See, we're not that terrible. We're not. <laughs> um, Paget saw the license plate number as he was, you know, driving away after being like, how are you? Have a nice day. How are you doing? <laughs> and realized it matched the one listed in the alert he just received. He called 911. Dwayne Johnson, prosecutors say, somehow got inside Macaulay's vehicle as she was departing from her apartment at about 530 on Christmas Day. At just over five feet tall and 120 pounds. I'm just over, I'm just under five feet tall. Way, way more than 120 pounds. <laughs> so she like was like a chunk, like itty a bitty. couple of big old turkeys more. <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> so she was like itty bitty. Tiny, tiny little lady. The petite Macaulay obviously put up a fight against Johnson, who is five foot eleven and two twenty-five. I mean, good for her. Yeah, five foot eleven and two twenty-five. That's that would be tough. Um, record state. Her body was found in the backseat of her white scion. She had been beaten and strangled, and her legs had been bound with a seatbelt. Okay, being trapped is, like, the worst thing. Like, yeah. I get paranoid when the seatbelt <clears throat> locks up on me, and I, like, you know, get yeah. sucked back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I gotta unbuckle now! Even though there could be, like, six police officers surrounding me. Be like, I'm locked up, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> gotta unbuckle on this when we're going <clears throat> 80 miles an hour down the highway. Locked. Trapped. Locked. Trapped. <laughs> safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, safe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Documents state Johnson told police that Macaulay had offered him a ride and that he and Macaulay had consensual sex before she committed suicide by hanging herself with a seatbelt. In her car, homie. How do you hang yourself with a seatbelt in your car? I mean, sometimes you get locked in that tight. It feels like you're going to die. <laughs> But how? I mean, the only way I could think, because I read that part, and I was like, her own seatbelt. Okay, so, <clears throat> like, you stick your head in there, and you, like, really wrap it around. And then you lock yourself in? And then you open your door, and you hop out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Right? I'm sure it's possible. 
Somehow. I don't know why I feel like they're not just like slipping out of the car or like gently pushing themselves out of the car. I feel like they get the seatbelt wrapped and around like, there. And they're like, here we go. And then, and then they bounce on out. They're like, whoop. Yeah. Anyway, we've been talking about murder a lot because we just don't care. This woman's dead. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. So 46-year-old actress and Brussels sprouts expert decided to just go to town on Dwayne Johnson, 30-year-old homeless man. No, that didn't happen. And she, so that's what he claims that he then told to. Is he attractive? I mean, let's look. Let's look him up. Because, I mean, if he's attractive, maybe, maybe herbalist wasn't getting enough herbs. Oh. And Mm -hmm. if he was attractive, not all homeless people are mangy and. In gross. Well, the ones that are at the dumpster behind my apartment aren't super attractive. I mean, most of them aren't. Most of them, but... I was worried about him, though, so he made an impression on me. Exactly. Uh, I don't have a great picture of him. Well, is it okay enough? He seems fine. He doesn't look super homeless. Mm, I don't like him. You don't like him? No. Even if I, wish I was I had an herbalist who hadn't gotten enough herbs. Get you some herbs, girl. <laughs> Still wouldn't. I don't. Yeah, that's the. Why is that the only picture, though? I got a text. Lucretia and tell her I'm going to be late. Oh, shoot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm You're hurrying. Fine. You're <clears> fine. <throat> anyway. Okay, so she committed suicide by hanging herself with a seatbelt. He then told detectives that he thought she was sleeping in the back seat and would wake up. Okay. Ugh. Prosecutor said that a forensic investigation revealed Johnson's DNA under her fingernails and that his DNA also was found on the scarf that was used, that she was wearing, which detectives said he used to strangle her. Johnson handed over the keys when asked for them. The officers went to the car and found Macaulay's body. Johnson was initially charged with theft and simple assault stemming from an incident earlier Monday at a different CVS because he, he was found at a CVS and her car was parked outside. So okay. he was just inside doing some shopping. Huh. Note the picture we saw, I think, was yeah. in the CVS. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he was at a different CVS. He must love them. That's where you can get Wonder Brow, maybe. That's what he was buying. Maybe. Near Union Station, in which Johnson was accused of assaulting a store employee and stealing merchandise, Macaulay's car was parked outside. Johnson and Macaulay did not appear to know each other. Police said it was not immediately clear how they encountered one another on Christmas Day or when and where Macaulay was killed. Mm. Obviously, they didn't know each other. He was probably just saw her. Mm-hmm. Taking her trash to the dumpster. And also, she was probably, A, approachable, but she was probably one of those people that was like, oh, hey, and I'm like that. Are you like that? Like, when I take my trash out, if there is an obviously homeless person hanging out, I'll just be like, hey, what's up? Throw my trash away and bounce on upstairs. Yeah. I It depends. It depends on how I feel instinctively about the situation. Okay. I try to be nice to everybody. I try to be nice to everybody or incredibly rude to everybody. Just yeah. depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah. Okay. Um, usually rude, clearly. Her, dis- her disappearance and subsequent death touched a nerve in each of the communities she was a part of, from the local theater community to the subset of D.C. residents into herbalism and urban gardening. Okay. <clears throat> Whoa, what did I... Hold on, I cut off part of my thing. 
Johnson argued that he was mentally ill and not responsible in Macaulay's death. In September, Johnson pled guilty to first-degree murder for her killing, but has not said how the two met or how he entered her car. Mm. About 30 of Trisha McCauley's friends filled three rows in court while on the other side of the courtroom, a handful of Johnson's relatives, including his mother, sat beside staffers from the district's public defender service. The, so he was sentenced to 30 years, a 30-year term as part of a plea deal reached by both sides with the agreement of Trisha's family members as well, who were not in the courtroom. Before the sentence was imposed, several of Trisha's friends tearfully spoke to the judge about their friend and her life with several saying her death stemmed from a failure to address mental illness in the United States. A hundred percent. I agree. And that's kind of why I chose this one. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. There is a Hollywood headlines article I've been, or story I've not talked about Mm -hmm. because it's just a bummer, the Pete Davidson stuff. Yeah. But it's important. And Mm -hmm. I feel like not irresponsible, but like, a little bit of a sellout for not talking about it because it's a bummer and it's a high traffic time on our show to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it's also, important. It's important. It's and important. we're on a platform that people listen to. Right. So I feel like Dwayne Johnson, he was just a mentally ill homeless man. Mm-hmm. And and without going into detail, detail of his what's going on in his head and what his experiences have been and what all that stuff you can't there's no way to tell right what happened right he could have just been triggered mm-hmm. by something she could have said something he could have seen something heard mm-hmm. something i mean he was mentally ill and it didn't say how mentally ill but exactly uh, you so can, it's oh here's another picture you can kind of see in his face that he looks a little like he doesn't get it yeah, but he looks so friendly. Nice. He looks very nice. I would I would say hi to him. I would say at hi to him. Yeah. I'd be like, oh hey. That's kind of scary. I know. But hmm. So on that, yeah. no. <clears throat> with it being the holiday today. Yeah. Tell your loved ones that you love them and you care. Even yeah. if, even if it's very hard. Because sometimes the best Christmas gift is knowing that somebody is there. I agree. And the and the holidays are really hard people just in general it's stressful and if you've got something going on it's even more stressful and then if somebody says something I okay here's open session we we're gonna do this real quick okay so I suffered with depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety and I used to in high school I used to harm myself Mm -hmm. and sometimes the best thing and the hardest thing was Christmas time holidays in general with family because and there's Certain things, I'm a lot better at it now than Mm -hmm. I used to be, but sensitive topics, some people would say something as a joke, and you're like, it just, it literally completely alters your mood. Yeah. So just be kind to one another. Kind of. And. Pay attention to what you're saying, what you're doing. Exactly. Pay attention and realize that even though it might sound like a joke to you, and even though it might be kind of funny, somebody else might be internally feeling it and Mm -hmm. fighting it and. Hating you for it, yeah. for your for your yeah for your quote unquote joke, right? And I I used to, um, and I'm still really bad about it. Be like, oh, I'm gonna kill myself. I try so hard not to say that anymore, right? Um, and now when I do it, I definitely say it as like Michael Scott. Do you mm-hmm. know, like I'm gonna kill myself? Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, and even then, I'm like, hey, can you stop? Because that's really shitty. <laughs> 
like, hey, Patra. <laughs> yeah. I need to talk to you about your behavior. <laughs> we need to have a conversation. Um, no. But, yeah, I agree. And if you have, if you are fighting with something, find somebody that you can trust. Most people, even though they might not seem like it, are willing to listen. That's true. Even your parents. Even your teens, parents. Or... Mm-hmm. Um, or me or us email yeah. us and we'll we'll we just will. talk we'll just chat we will I um, promise there's always help there even is though, help uh, even though if you're in it it doesn't seem like it right you'll get through it you I did. will oh my god Emily hey I'm <laughs> super glad that you're here and yeah, I love you <laughs> frick alright on that sad note <laughs> what do you want for Christmas let's just uh, okay. let's just what do you what are you wishing for for Christmas today. For today, I would like... Um, if I handed you a big package and you opened it, what would you want to be Nacho in cheese. Okay, deal. Okay, what about you? I don't have nacho cheese to give you. <laughs> a box of um, nacho cheese. Um, a cat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't need another cat. Um, I don't know. Aww. I really don't know. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I just want everybody to be happy. Yeah, I agree. I want to give... Christopher, his Christmas present is what it's all I, I want. I want you to tell me how much he loves it. I'm gonna video it because cool. It's if he doesn't like it, then I'm impressed by you. Thank you. You're pretty. Thanks. Uh, it's Christmas. He's gonna uh, he's gonna open this by the time this goes out. So I'm basically, um, and I can post it on. <clears throat> I don't really want to post it on our Instagram because it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, there you go. Then you can see it. But um, I made him. Basically, his username on all of his social media, I made it into a big canvas with some cool painting and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And yeah. I'm really excited for him to see it. So Emily's really good at stuff. <laughs> I'm real excited. Yeah. Okay. Merry Christmas. Oh. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, like us everywhere. Follow us. Uh, share with your friends. And it's Christmas. So have a Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas, we'll guys. We'll see you right before New Year. And <gasps> we can do something. We can pop a bottle of champagne or something. Oh, my gosh. Let's do shots. Deal. Oh, Freaking New deal. Year's Eve. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's the wrong button. <laughs>